This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Okay, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast as we uh, turn the calendar to the month of September. Uh, no one happier about that than the New York Yankees, who had just one of the uh, worst Augusts that you could ever envision and finished it last night with another just uh, trying, uh, to put it mildly, loss to a bad team. Uh, those have come fast and furious, and now the Yankees, who I don't think any of us, and I certainly don't expect them to fall from the top in the division. I do not think that will happen. The odds are enormously against it. But the team has got to play significantly better and figure out its problems before it goes to the postseason or it's going to be a very, very early exit. Conversely, the Mets, who now, after today with Kershaw, will be through the hard part of their schedule and then face just about the easiest schedule around, should be in really good shape the rest of the way. And if you're going to line up in the postseason and try to beat... Scherzer, Scherzer, DeGrom, the rest of that rotation, and Diaz with a well-managed team and with a team that has had a habit of being able to get hits when it needs it. They aren't a great offensive team, but they have two guys in the middle of the lineup who can do a lot of damage in Lindor and Alonzo, and they have a lot of role players who have been able to do a good job. You know, Marte's had a very good year. Nimmo's had a... Pretty good year. McNeil's had a, has had a uh, really good year. So, uh, you know, from that standpoint, they, you know, they get it from a lot of different places. They, they really expect contributions from a lot of different people, but they can win close games. And if they can get someone who can set up in that bullpen – and be consistent setting up. And, and let's be honest, Adovino's done a good job. If you can have someone setting up to Diaz, who has been the best closer in baseball, they are in a very good place. Uh, and I still think they'll get something out of Escobar. Too bad the kid got hurt. He hurt his thumb. He's out for the rest of the regular season. Um, but I think they'll get enough out of uh, Escobar and all the other pieces that they have you know, uh, including a lot of their guys that they can mix and match with, and Buck is very good at uh, doing that. So they are, conversely to the Yankees, in a pretty good state, while the Yankees, who have obviously been carried by Judge's enormous season, uh, he has had a brilliant year, already had a brilliant year as we get ready to play the whole month of uh, September, but the Yankees just continue to fall apart, and they have got to got to figure out the bullpen and let's be honest the only, I don't think Lewisga can be the closer I understand he's got good stuff but he's I don't see him being the closer uh, the loss of King is dramatic 
I don't trust Chapman as 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 far as I could throw him. Uh, Holmes is the only answer, and he has got to get back to where he was and get that sinking fastball back to where it was, get his arm slot back to where it was, be confident on the mound, and if he can do that, that gives them a chance in the pen. That's the only real chance that they have, but the Yankees are not going to go in as uh, any dominant team. That's for Don Shaw. They're just trying to go in there as a team that can, you know, get itself headed in the right direction. Because right now, the only direction is south uh, for the Bombers. All right. Emails. Podcast at gmail.com. Remember, we have a lot of football stuff coming. Our first Football Friday show will be the first Friday of the football season. Looking forward to it. We are just a week away from a week away from the NFL can't wait and we'll have a lot more on the Giants and Jets I have a distinct amount of optimism for one of the two teams I will talk about that uh, in the programs to come all right let's get some emails in Um, Mike in East Brunswick starts us off how badly does the PGA need another Tiger Woods they had it easy for the last 20 years with Tiger completely changing the sport but now that someone else uh, who has challenged them, it's interesting to see how they'll manage. Listen, before anybody knew what was going to happen and what the Saudis were going to do in terms of challenging golf with an incredible amount of money, and unlike challenges that leagues get, challenges that leagues get to the NFL, to any other sport, are usually incredibly poorly funded. They're pipe dreams. This is different. They are insanely well-funded. They have more money than the PGA could even dream about. And you have seen them now with the last wave of players led by Cameron Smith. They have signed so many players now that I don't think the PGA can win. I think the PGA has to wave the white flag and make a deal with these guys. I know there's going to be bad blood, but they need those players in the mix. They can't give up the amount of players and more are going to happen because the money is not going to go away. They're not going to turn the oil off. So the the money is not going away. The PGA cannot, underline cannot win this fight. And they don't have a Tiger Woods, as you said, and they don't have a Phil Mickelson. They don't have a player who has that kind of mass appeal. Either one of those guys, uh, they are in a rough place right now. And they've lost their hemorrhaging good players. Paul asks, uh, in the almost three years since Eli's retirement, uh, what do you think his chances are of being a first ballot Hall of Famer? Um, Eli's Hall of Fame status is going to be a very, I do not think he will be a first-time Hall of Famer. I think to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, which isn't important, uh, very, you know, there's a lot of great players and great NFL personalities who Bill Parcells wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, there's plenty of great NFL personalities who have not been first ballot Hall of Famers. That doesn't matter. Okay. A lot of guys have been kept off for a variety of reasons who were can't miss players. Um, does Eli get in? The answer to me is. Image is great. Longevity, enormous factor. Played his best 
when his best was needed. The bigger the game, the better he played. Had two great runs. Not a lot of guys do. And if you look at the names of the people who have won two or more Super Bowls and twice been the MVP of the game at quarterback, it's a lock. Case closed. I don't think he gets in first time, but do I think he gets in? I think it's a lock that he gets in. And I think the reason why is if you're a two-time Super Bowl MVP and won two Super Bowls and did what he did for his career in terms of longevity, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Stephen Westchester asks, if the Giants don't resign Daniel Jones, do you see the Giants starting over and picking a quarterback or try to pick up a veteran? I think every, I think it's unlikely they pick up Daniel Jones. He would have to have a, and re-sign him, I would think he would have to have a very big year. Um, I think every avenue is open, and it should be. It should be, it, it should absolutely be open, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, whether it's in a trade, whatever is there should be open to getting the player to fill that position. You can never ever have too much talent on your team at quarterback. Never. Shua emails, uh, in your opinion, if Pauls finishes the season with anything less than 700 home runs, do you think he comes back next year? Uh, He has said adamantly, if you believe him, and I can only ask go by what he says, he has said he will not be back even if he doesn't hit 700. Maybe he changes his mind. He's going to be very close if he doesn't do it this year. It's going to be right there as to whether he does it or not. Um, he's been on a real hot streak, but, you know, in home runs, they, go, they come in bunches and then they go, they go away for a while. If he doesn't, I don't know if he comes back or not. He has stated unequivocally that he will not be back. So I got to take a minute for it. Greg emails, as a Jet fan, we all know who the best quarterback of the franchise is, but who would you say is number two? Obviously, he's alluding to Joe Namath. Um, I would say I, I, liked, I liked Pennington, but I think Kenny O'Brien was probably the second most talented guy. That's not saying a lot either. But there's Joe Willie and everybody else. Tim in Morristown says, uh, I, Mike wanted to know what you think uh, the most important thing is for the Dallas Cowboys uh, success for a deep playoff run. I think it is the status, the health, the cohesiveness of their offensive line. The Cowboys built that whole operation And they have some very good players on both sides of the ball. They have some very good, talented defenders. They have some very good players on the offensive side of the ball. But it is built on their offensive line. That's how they decided to do it. It was Stephen Jones who wanted to go in that direction. He was evidently, he was absolutely right about it. It is the way to build a team. Without that forward wall, it is very hard. Obviously, you want to land the big quarterback. It's a quarterback game. We all know that. But everybody's trying to land a big quarterback. We know that. But if you have to 
build around such things. The offensive line is critical. And that's why, if you're Green Bay, you have to look, just like Miami has to look back on the Dan Marino era and just shake their head, Green Bay is going to look back on the, on the Aaron Rodgers era and really shake their head that they didn't win more. Because they've had the most talented player at the position for a long time. And they've only won once. Craig emails as a longtime Giant fan, it really bothers me to see how the Giants let Gettleman gracefully exit under the guise of retirement uh, with a lovey-dovey send-off after they unceremoniously dumped Jerry Reese in the middle of the season. Um, Both had performed terribly. I disagree. I think Reese had his moments, and he had a great first year. I think Gettleman was an utter train wreck. Uh, But remember, Gettleman has been ill you're not going to kick a guy when he's ill. He's also old, and he has friends in the organization. So maybe Reese wasn't treated well, but Gettleman, you don't worry about it. Really don't worry. As long as they get rid of him, who cares how he leaves, okay? Here's the bottom line. Gettleman threw nothing but roadblocks in front of that franchise. He screwed it up every time he touched it. He screwed it up. He was an utter disaster. And, you know, he and I, our relationship was so sour that I got basically banned from the Giant camp. After I had been there, you know, forever. I had enormous access to the Giants. I I had all that taken away because of Gettleman. And I haven't really renewed it because, you know, even John Mara was mad at me. He was angry at me because of the way I, things I said about the Giants. Well, they deserved every word of it. They have been a laughing stock. They have gone from being this incredibly proud organization, which starting with George Young's entrance into the organization, followed by the very lucky tabbing of Bill Parcells as their head coach, then the also very fortunate tabbing of Tom Coughlin as their head coach, they were able to win four Super Bowls in a generation. And over 25 years, you know, have a really great run. Going to the Super Bowl five times, winning four. A couple of them as, you know, major underdogs and winning outright. Really the stuff of legends. And they have now become a joke. Now, I'll say this. I don't know how the GM's going to do. I need to watch him. I don't know him. I need to keep, you know, see how he does this. The one thing I will say is the head coach has put together a very, very good staff. That's a big plus for him. The Giants have a capable staff for the first time in years, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They got a guy there who knows what he's doing. I'm a big fan of his, and I think he will do a very good job there. Now, too bad the kid's hurt. Too bad Thibodeau's hurt. You know, you would have liked to have seen him hit the ground running because he could be a very big part of what, you know, they want to do there. The Giants had a clean house. They cleaned house. Did they get the right people? We'll see. I see some inklings that they did. My first inkling on the head coach is that he did put together a good staff. That's a positive. But other than that, I have to take a wait-and-see approach on every bit of it.
Jason emails, I always wanted to ask you how great you thought Andrew Luck could have been if he stayed healthy. Sky's the limit. He could have been an all-time great. I think he came into the league and performed at a level that was just off the charts. I mean, the guys who worked with him, including Bruce Arians, compared him to Joe Namath, to Dan Marino. I mean, you're talking about a guy who could have been, unfortunately, could have been with him being a great team guy, an incredibly intelligent kid, and a great talent, could have been one of the all-time greats. You know, unfortunately, you know, injuries in the league happen, and he's a smart kid who is married to a brilliant woman, and they just did not want him to give his life to the league when he had already gone out and made, remember, he had made like $140 million. So he's got plenty of money. And I'm sure he's held, done, dealt with it wisely because he's an incredibly intelligent kid. I miss him as a player. He was a wonderful player to watch. And for anybody out there who's with the Colts, I think the Colts are going to really respond this year with the move they made at quarterback. I think Matt Ryan's going to do really well there. Really well. I think the Colts are a very dangerous, very dangerous team. All right. As we said, emails. Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. Send them along. Remember, we have a lot coming up. We got a lot of football to do. We have plenty of podcasts coming your way. Stay tuned in the next week or so. We'll get you everything we need to let you know. Remember, we're going to do a football Friday podcast every single week that will be done on Friday morning and will be up to you early in the afternoon on Fridays every single week of the NFL season. We've got some other things planned that we're working on right now. We will announce in the next week or so. I will give you details about what's going to be in the show and everything else and everything else we have planned for the football season. That's coming in the days ahead. Remember, you can get our podcast at on the Bet Rivers Network. You can also get it wherever you uh, go for your podcast entertainment, Apple, you know, um, YouTube, um, any, any, any place you go, it's there. Or you can go to the Bet Rivers Network and get it there. So, again, stay tuned. It's a very busy time. The transition, uh, as we hit September, we're guaranteed a very interesting October here in baseball. Maybe a wonderful October. The Yankees have a lot of things they have to work on starting right now as they get ready to go to Tampa. The Mets have put together a team that is extremely, extremely dangerous. And I'll tell you, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised that DeGrom has been this good. He has really been his overpowering self. And I didn't know if he would come back and and pitch to this level. The Mets... And DeGrom have to be ecstatic with the way he has come back this year and the way he is pitching right now because he right now is a force. And that gives this team a heck of a chance. It's not going to be easy. There are really good teams in the National League. The Dodgers, they're loaded. They got some things to work out with their pitching too, but they're loaded. We know how talented they are. They're going to win in 110, 115 games this year. Minimum of 110. I think if they're under 500, they win 110. They got enormous talent. The Cardinals are dangerous. The Braves are extremely dangerous. They're a very good team. 
And obviously, they know what to do in the postseason, and they're going to be a dangerous out in the postseason. So it's loaded. It's tougher than the American League this year. But the Mets are right there, and they are exceedingly, exceedingly dangerous because of what they have in terms of elite pitching. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.